Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. I want to start with this, only because Steve and I have talked about the, the ratings in the NBA and how much they're continuing to dwindle over the last, really since the bubble in Orlando last year. And we both were not really for this play-in tournament, and... What happened last night in the Pacers-Hornets game just shows you what a disgrace this is. That was not playoff basketball last night. You talk about an Indiana team that's, you know, they're an 8 seed type team. But they're shorthanded. And they still score 144 points. I mean, this is an example why you're going to get teams that really just don't belong, like the Hornets last night. And the other game was decent with the Celtics and the Wizards. Jason Tatum went off for 50 points. But just that first game was just a complete and utter disaster and why this play-in tournament is as dumb as dumb gets. I know you're the NBA, and I'm sure you're seeing these ratings. You're trying to create other things. And maybe you have some success tonight. And maybe the idea of why they created this will come to fruition tonight with the Warriors and the Lakers. Although it's a 10 o'clock game, so nobody in the East Coast and maybe in the Midwest is going to watch this game tonight because it's too late. So I just feel like all the strategies messed up, and I don't think you're going to get a lot of viewers with Grizzly Spurs. I'm sorry. Maybe some uh, some of us in central Pennsylvania might with Lonnie Walker III, the Reading native, obviously getting more and more playing time and becoming more and more of a go-to guy for the Spurs. But that's really about it if you're looking at it for the NBA. So this is just a complete disaster. And that, that game last night was a joke. And I started seeing, and I know it's Twitter, so I'm putting myself in, into this, but... To think that the Pacers are all of a sudden going to be 
a dangerous team is just laughable. Could they give if it's either going to be the Pacers or the War or the Wizards playing the Sixers in the first round for the number one seed? Because the Celtics won, they're going to play the Brooklyn Nets in the two-seven matchup in the East. I that they they could have had just five players and no subs, and they probably would have won that game easily. That's how bad Charlotte was. There's still no way to gather that the Pacers are going are, can be a, a, a dangerous team. They could get the, I think this they could get the Sixers some problems, but if it is the Pacers for the Sixers, I think they win in five. I do think Steve, but that NBA thing was a total disaster and a waste of time last night. Uh, the uh, let's see, the Pacers will beat the Sixers in six. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> see, that's what everybody on Twitter is saying. Too. I mean, because I mean, because I mean, your team's not good, uh, and no, I'm just, I'm just joking. It's a joke. No, the the, the Sixers are just a much better team. Uh, last night, I mean, look, Tatum at fifty last night, uh, and he was fabulous. Kemba had twenty five. Great. Uh, so they get the Nets next. And the Pacers game was a complete blowout last night. That was so, a complete disgrace last night, that Pacers game. Well, And why this playing in, tournament it, it, idea is stupid. Disgrace in what way? I mean, sometimes... Because it's not I mean, playoff basketball. There, There is no way a team that should score 144 points in a playoff game shorthanded. That was an utter disgrace last night of the playoffs. Wait. Look, a disgrace is if the other team isn't trying, okay? That's a disgrace, all right? They scored 104, 44, they scored 144, but like there was an incentive to play. Uh, it's, I, I, don't, I don't buy stuff like that. I don't, I don't in, in any way, shape, or form. You know, a disgrace? It wasn't like the one seed. You got two teams that are allegedly based on record evenly matched. Just based on record. And you got the Warriors and Lakers tonight. You know, what's the other game? Spurs and Memphis? Exactly. Like Nobody cares about that except maybe us in central Pennsylvania watching Lonnie Walker. Or Tim Frazier. Yeah. That too. Um, so yeah, I no no offense to Adam Fisher. I could care less about Lonnie Walker. Um Tim Frazier I personally know. <laughs> so a little bit different. Um, but I don't have – I'm not big on the play-in tournament. I think it's a gimmick. Uh, but this is – with a new TV contract coming up, it's a way to expand the playoffs. The playoffs are where the money happens to be. That's when you start turning the – now, they're not going to make money this year because no fans or relatively few fans. Um. But, I mean, I'm just not big on the play-in tournament. Like, uh, to me, it's a gimmick. And it turns out it's a gimmick that for the NBA pays off because Golden State and the Lakers happen to be two of the teams in it. And that's that. That's what I think is sit back and go, I don't know. Really? You want to do that? You're going to have drama with seven, seven and playing eight and, and, and nine playing ten? There's a reason why. I mean, you're nine and ten. That means you're in the eighteen to twenty range. 
in the league. There are 30 teams in the league. Hey, you're uh, okay. Ten, you're in the technically ten. You're right there at the edge of the bottom third. Bottom third shouldn't be in a playoff game. That's my issue with it. They're just not crazy about the playing part. Just get to the playoffs. Start playing. Hey, just start playing. And that's uh, that. That's how I look at it. I mean, it's just because a playoff game last night turned out. Okay, with a bad score. I'll give you a good example. Game 1, 1985 NBA Finals. The Celtics blew out the Lakers by 37 points. Was that a disgrace to the game? No, because that's the NBA Finals. Right. This, games, this is, this is putting my, in... My point, my point is games like that happen. Right? Now, the, and by the way, the Celtics won the first game. The Lakers won the series. But my point is games like that happen... So you can't say it's a disgrace to the game. It's a game. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have it, and the other guy has it, and it's just the way it is. All I'm saying, you're right in saying that things like that happen. I, I get that. If it was, but if it was two good teams, these are two mediocre teams at best, playoff borderline teams that you're just putting them in just to try and create more ratings and create some drama. Agreed. I agree with that, but it wasn't like the Sixers as the one seed beating uh, the Hornets by 44. I don't even know what the margin was last night, uh, by, by whatever margin. So the one seed blows out a team that shouldn't be there. Technically, this is the 9 and 10. They're actually, based on record, relatively evenly matched. One had a horrible night. Remember, the Hornets just came off a fabulous performance just a week ago. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I just think the whole thing was a complete waste of time. I really do. And, well, and, and, tonight, and having that game right there just proves it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And and guess what? You got the Lakers and the Warriors tonight. And guess what? Because it's Curry and LeBron and the Lakers and the Warriors. You're going to get a believe it or not a rating tonight. If you give me three out of the four with that type of matchup. Then you'll sell me on it, but that's the that that game is ten times better than any of these other matchups we've had. Well, but here, but here's what the point I've been making for years about the NBA. For years, you've always had a bird or a magic in there, or you know, or Kareem, or you know, whatever. You've always had a Michael Jordan in there. You've always had a Shaq and Kobe in there. You've always had a LeBron in there. You've always had a Steph Curry and a Kevin Durant in there. Okay, I've said that the NBA will make it, in my mind, if they're drawing a fabulous rating and Portland is playing Atlanta. Totally agree. And they're not there yet. Okay, The NBA is not there yet, and that is the biggest issue with the NBA. The NBA only has really legitimate interest surrounding maybe six or seven franchises out of 30. And, you know, it's not like the the NFL had Tampa Bay play Kansas City. Tampa Bay play Kansas City. Not exactly two of the top 15 markets in America going head-to-head. It wasn't New York against Los Angeles. Now you have Brady Mahomes, 
But the NFL can put any two teams in the Super Bowl. And guess what? People are going to watch it. The NBA doesn't have that. It has to come from the core group or else... I mean, when Toronto was in against Golden State, Toronto has no following in this country. None. Zero. Yeah. Yeah, and here's a big problem the NBA has to deal with. I mean, trying to run past an idea with a with a guy consumed with hate. <laughs> You're a hater. I, I will admit, I do have a love-hate relationship with the NBA, and I've always admitted that. Most people do. Most people do with the NBA. It a, yeah, I'm a far... I am far more attracted to the college basketball game uh, for my own personal reasons, obviously. But to me, you know, is it better? Uh, do you have better players in the NBA? Yes. Do you have better athletes in the NBA? Yes. But it's something about the college game I just like more. Well, that's... Um, yeah, that's, that's just a personal preference. I mean, I like college football better than the NFL. There's nothing, you know, nothing against the NFL. I like the NFL a lot. I just like college football more. This is me. Yeah. Now, for Matt, if it's not the Sixers, the Yankees, the Eagles, the Flyers, I mean, he, he thinks everything else stinks. It's awful. These are your people. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. By the way, we needed the suit to do something today. Joe Portelli and I. I heard some of this, yes. And he freely admitted he would have to get off his backside and actually physically go do something. And, <laughs> I mean, and Joe and I are looking at each other, and we just can't stop laughing. All right? And like the two of us wanted to chip in. And get him a little bit of wine, you know, and then some cheese. Because it was just, <laughs> I'm going to have to actually do something. I'm unbelievable. <laughs> S-U-I-T, that spells suit <laughs> I get all my money off other people. All right, back with more in a moment. Oh, sweat equity, give me some sweat equity. That way I don't have to give any. All right. <laughs> oh. Loose puck at center, knocked into the Penguins' end by Adam Pellick. Collected by Marcus Pedersen, who'll feed it left side for Carter, deflects that into the Islander end. Behind the net, Kapanen chops it to McCann. Left side, Carter cuts atop the crease, fires and scores! Jeff Carter gives the Penguins a 2-0 lead late in the first period. Penguins uh, Network, they needed that goal. They won 2-1 to last night, but another close Stanley Cup playoff game last night. Series now tied at a game apiece, heading to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a joke to you at all, or because everything <laughs> everything's kind of like a? You know, no, th- that's been a good. That's been a pretty good series so far. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure I got your seal of approval. No, uh, the, the NHL playoffs have been the total opposite of the NBA so far. Yes, they have. Well, um, Tony LaRusso, okay, the situation with 
um, the uh, unwritten rules of baseball. But there's, I want to get into this for one second because there's a part of this story that people have not talked about. You know, the home run hit off the position player when it was, what, 15-4? to 4. Mercedes hit it, right? That's not right. Yes. Okay, and LaRusse is mad at him. And like, oh, he's just an uh, unwritten rules. Okay, here's the part of the story that nobody has talked about. You do know as the manager, he gave the take sign. And he ignored it. You can't do that stuff. Do I hear the suit talking in the background? <laughs> no, it's not him. Oh, good. No. Oh, because I was it's like, what's that nonsense? All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's back in the quarter office. We're okay. Are you sure? As far as I'm aware. As far as you're aware? Yes. I don't know. I'm a little worried. Because <laughs> already, he already complained today about, you know. And by the way, you know, to, to get the cheese to go with his wine, we had to get mild cheese. All right, so <laughs> I, 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 I... Okay. I do not agree, by the way, with what LaRusa said about... Um, look, they put a guy out there. Your job's to hit. His job is to pitch. And I don't care if they've used all their pitchers. That's not my issue. That's your issue. You chose to put, okay, you chose to make a mockery of the game by putting a position player out there to pitch. Okay. So my guy hit. My guy did his job. My problem is is that he was given the take sign. If you're given the take sign, you take. Now that's a little different proposition. Hey, why bother having a manager if everybody just goes out there and does whatever they darn well please? Although that's been actually the key to this show for years. We'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Beer Temple next half hour on News Radio. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, best of new inventory. Great day to go over to the dealership and start looking. Awesome day to do that. And fabulous pre-owned inventory. You know, look, it may turn out that, you know, that's your budget says that's the way to go. Okay, great. If it is, the Sunbury Motors has certified vehicles with the Sunbury Motors guarantee that allows you to go through and pick out something fabulous and is backed up by SMC. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. We'll get back to more of Matt's hate fest in a moment. Sounds good. That sounded positive, at least. I feel like I got a positive comment out of you. (laughs) Meanwhile, the complaints of the suit, how he had to move today to do something was just for Joe Portelli and me it was a, it was a sad statement I, I, said, I did say we're, we're on the call we're going through something trying to make sure we're all set on this end and your end 
terms of connecting the show. And I said, well, that's about a half hour's worth of material for this show. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's depress the passengers now and talk about the Pirates. Uh, there are still a few out there. Uh, based on attendance, that's pretty much it. Uh, but we bring in the outstanding Rob Beer Temple from The Athletic. Rob, great to hear you on the other end again, my friend. Steve Jones, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing well. I uh, The club is on the road today, and uh, so I've got a little bit of free time in the morning, which is nice, before we uh, settle down for a full afternoon of Zoom calls and baseball. So, uh, yeah, glad to get the chance to talk to you. Right. There was an expectation about this team, which was not great to begin with. I mean, people had everybody in the 50 to 60 win range. I think I saw the number was 59 and a half. Yeah. Uh, now, it may still end up that way because nobody, <laughs> I mean, nobody knows, you know, because right. the way right. it plays out. What has a pleasantly surprised you? And then on the other side, what is, have you sat back and go, hmm, that's worse than I thought? Well, uh, last night's result, notwithstanding, uh, I've been pleasantly surprised by J.T. Brubaker. Yes, the uh, second-year right-hander. I thought that um, I mean he you know, he made the club last year uh, from the giddy up, but there was a lot of you know circumstances. I mean, they basically you know they, their rotation was was hurting. There were guys who were hurt, you know on the on the IL, and they just needed bodies really. And, and, and J.T. put together a pretty decent rookie season. And I thought, well, let's see how he responds because you know teams are going to punch back. A little bit, and you know he so far has performed um, better, I think, than you you might have expected for a second year guy. The the thing that strikes me most about him is just the yeah you know, he doesn't get flustered out there, and and when an inning starts to go sideways, you know he had a couple of rough innings last night, but they had you know, a couple of blue pits that fell in, and those are the ones that really really honk off pitchers. Is when you know there was one a two out single that fell right between three fielders and nobody really had a chance to get to it because the Pirates were in a shift and they kind of shifted themselves out of making the play and it dropped for a two-run single and it's nothing anybody on the planet could have done and you know JT you feel bad for a guy because it's got to be ripping him up inside but he goes and settles down a little bit after that Um, that's the thing the, the quality that you don't find in a lot of young pitchers you find a lot of young guys I remember even Garrett Cole had this problem he would give up a two out single and you could just, you know, you'd hear him out there dropping obscenities and kicking the dirt. And, <laughs> and you know, it, it just showed that he, ha- he still had some growth to do to really settle into that role. But JT's a little bit advanced in that area. I'm not saying he's going to be the next, G, you know, G. Cole. But, uh, yeah, I really like the mental makeup that I've seen from him. Uh, on the downside, and I knew it was going to be bad coming in, uh, is, is the outfield. I mean, what yeah. a horror show. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, Greg Polanco, nice, really nice guy, uh, and I've enjoyed covering him pretty much his entire career. But the skills just aren't there anymore. He sold out to, to the long ball. The, the holes in his swing were even bigger than before. Strikes out a ton. The arm is not anywhere near what it used to be pre-surgery. Right. Um, even even average runners are trying to take second base on, on what should be singles. So and they've run, you know, Anthony Alford and Dustin Fowler and I Tom, and now they got Brian Reynolds in center from left, and, and they're just—it's just a constant merry-go-round of bodies out there, just trying to get through the season because they really don't have anything. You know, the cover was pretty bare in the minors just when it comes to outfielders. 
So, you know, Travis Swaggerty might be something in the future, but he really would he, and, you know, I don't know how banged up he got hurt last night in the game on a pickoff play. But, um, you know, there's really nothing in the minors to, to help them out. So they really just kind of kind of band-aid their way through it. All right. So, okay, obviously we'll get to Cabrian Hayes in a moment. Uh, but <laughs> a- Adam Frazier has had just – and I, I think as expected. I mean, he's mm-hmm. one of those guys who just flat out can hit. Yeah, but you yeah. take him out of the mix. The rest of the team is hitting around two fourteen, two fifteen. Go ahead, Rob. No, I was just say that's one of the things you talk about the record this year. And yeah, they're kind of ahead of you know the, the pace that you would think they would be on, you know, win wise. But the teams will look a lot different when we're assuming you know Frazier's traded. We're assuming that one of the, or two of those pitchers, maybe Ty Anderson, um, maybe you know Chad Cool, is traded. It's going to be a lot more. It's going to be a lot younger, a lot less experienced team, you know, from July onward, and the schedule gets a little tougher then too. I mean, they haven't played the Dodgers yet. They they, they haven't played a, you know a right. few teams yet. So, go ahead. I didn't want, I mean to interrupt. I'm sorry, but you're you're talking about Frazier. No, no, no. I was talking about you were actually going the direction mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, that you take Frazier out of the mix. The rest of the team is two fifteen. Flat oh, out yeah. can't. Flat out just can't hit. Yeah, and it's you know sometimes you wonder if it's a, if it's a matter of approach. Um, Brian Reynolds seems to have regained the stroke that he lost last year, and I think he why well, the the indications are I mean he, it, it bothered him last year a lot more than than he let on. I mean he's a quiet guy; he's pretty even keel, but he's gotten snippy a lot of times when when asked about last season. And to his credit, he's really, you know, he, he seems to have rediscovered. I think he's at least maybe tied or leading the league in, in doubles. Uh, he seems to be okay. But, yeah, you look around that diamond, uh, you know, Colin Moran is, is a decent average guy. But, uh, you know, he's a, he was billed as a slugger. He's supposed to be a slugger. He's supposed to be a slugging third baseman. And <laughs> he's already had to be moved off a third because the defense was that bad. And you know, and he's and he's really not a home run guy. Uh, they don't have any power. They, this is a team that really needs three or four or five hits in an inning to get a couple of runs. Yeah. Um, and you're right. They, you know, there's there's been a few innings this year. The Pirates have get gotten it done with you know like a leadoff walk and a wild pitch and a hit batter and a bloop single, <laughs> you know, yeah. stuff like that that you can't count on every night to happen. So yeah, it's it's a little frustrating, and, and a lot of that's because, you know, the, the roster you see today really, you know, you, you maybe see two or three of these guys. If things go as planned, you'll see two or three of these guys still with the team in two or three years. Right. Uh, they now let's get to one of the bright spots. This team is thirteen and zero and leading after six innings. Uh, yeah. So what have you seen from the ability of what they've done? In innings seven, eight, and nine, when they get the lead, that tells you something that gives Pirate fans some hope. David Bednar has has been actually you, you can put him on the ledger for for big surprise, pleasant surprise. Yeah, um, kind of you know at the time when the Musgrove trade went down, you know you thought he was kind of like a throw-in piece. So we'll put, we'll put the local guy, the guy, the kid from Morris, Pennsylvania, in the in the in the package. 
but he's he's got a legit fastball. I mean, he can he can touch a hundred with it, and he's commanding it better maybe than he's ever done in his career. Um, and I, you know, there's talk of him. You know, I know he was a closer in the minors in the Padres system. Mm-hmm. You know, could he be that again with the Pirates? I think so. I think by the end of this year. You know, again, when well, Richard Rodriguez is probably traded. <laughs> traded, yeah. Uh, I think you'll see him. You know, I think you'll see Bednar as one of the candidates that they give a long look to as, as a possible closer, especially that you know with Blake Cedarland out, you know, recovering from uh, Tommy John surgery. So uh, there's some hope there. I, I like what Rodriguez. I got it. I was a doubter when they first got Rodriguez. They they took Rodriguez off waivers from the Orioles a couple of years ago. I mean, he couldn't make that pitching staff and the Pirates claimed him and I remember thinking wow really and, and talking to some Orioles scouts and they were like well good luck Godspeed but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but to his credit Rich Rod I mean it's not you know his fastballs it's not going to knock a wall down or you know he's not going to be able to throw it through uh, through uh, you know a steel girder or anything but I mean but he's just he's, he locates it and it, it's almost like it just slips right off of bats mm-hmm. and they can't, you know, they can't square it up. And there's a lot to be said for that. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to, kids, if you're listening at home, you don't have to throw 100 <laughs> miles an hour. Just locate your pitches. And he's exhibit A for that. Um, Kyle Crick has been, you know, for the, before he got hurt again, then yeah. <laughs> um, he was pretty good. And, and he's a guy who has a lot to prove to the coaching staff. I think he lost a lot of trust with the guys in the front office and in the coaching staff, and even in that, to some degree in that clubhouse, um, with some of his antics a couple of years ago, and then last year, I mean, he's had trouble staying healthy, and, and then he's been plagued by the long ball, and been a lot of problems there. But he seemed to be kind of putting it together, which is why this injury has to be kind of frustrating for him. But on the whole, yeah, the bullpen has been, uh, you know, has been B plus, very good. It is a baseball team that has a very thin margin of error. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. I mean, you, know, you and I have been around teams like that before where, you know, you have to have a lot, like the, the number of things that have to go right. Uh, mm-hmm. right. One of them that's gone wrong is Noka Brian Hayes, which reduced the margin oh. of error even more so. What yeah. are they, what, if anything, are they saying about where he is? Because he's on the 60-day DL, and you and I, or IL, I should say. And you and mm-hmm. I know the 60-day thing is not exactly encouraging to be on. <laughs> well, that, the, the, the good news with that is that that was the 60-day. Was retroactive, a, right? Yeah, it was retroactive to, to the original date of the end, you know, when, he, when he went out. So that's back to April. And it was mostly a way, I forget who it was, but they needed to get somebody on the 40-man, one of their endless waiver claims um, <laughs> in, in the past month and a half. And when you put a guy in a 60-day, it opens a spot on the 40-man roster, which is, you know, if you're claiming a you know, you know it, it, how it all works. If you're claiming a guy and you want to put him on the big league roster, you need to have him on your 40-man roster first, or if he's a guy that's being claimed if he's out of options or whatever. Um he needs to be on the 40-man roster as well. So, anyway, they made that claim. They put Cabrian to the 60. Cabrian, I know, is with the club. At least he was with the club at the start of this series in St. Louis as of yesterday when we talked to Derek Shelton. And Shelton kind of hinted that he's just about ready to go out for a rehab assignment. I think his his return date, his activation date, uh, I can't. 
I want to say it's like around June sixth, okay, seventh, somewhere. I got. I'd have to look that up. But right. I mean, it's it's early June, and you figure this is a guy who really hasn't swung a bat competitively since you know the, the end of March, start of April. So he's going to need a week or two anyway, just to get his you know his sea legs back, just to get back in baseball mode. You know, the, the, physically he's healthy. They're saying, which is the great news. Um, just the, the the news that means you just have to be a little more patient as he just needs to become Cabrian Hayes ball player again instead of just Cabrian Hayes, you know, healthy American male. <laughs> so yeah. he's, he, he's on the comeback trail, yeah. and, and, you know, all the indications are, you know, it, it, that we're going to see him in June. Um, it's been weird. Whenever this first happened, they said he, that he may not even need 10 days on the I.L., and now it's turned into two months. But that's kind of the way it is sometimes with baseball injuries. It, it's sometimes it's it's injuries, sometimes it's injuries being worse than you thought, and sometimes it's just, you know, we have paperwork and moves we need to make, and right. that's just how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, Derek Shelton seems like a, a terrific guy to deal with uh, in a lot of you know, I haven't had to deal with him, but everybody I talk to is that it seems like he's a terrific guy to deal with. Does anybody have any idea, because of the hand he's been dealt the last two years, what kind of manager he is? That's a real good question. I don't think we we know the full story as to what kind of manager he is or what kind of manager he can become. Um, and that, for me, is an, a fascinating question because in a couple of years, you know, we're going to start to see guys from the minor leagues pushing their way up and settling in. And you need to have – I think he's the right kind of fit for a young team, um, just like Clint Hurdle was at the time when the Pirates were rebuilding the last time right. they were rebuilding. The question is, what do they do when the Pirates get good? Um, we don't know what kind of contract Shelton is on. I mean, we don't know how much he's being paid, but we also the Pirates have not said what the length of it is. Right. And that is interesting, I think. I mean, when they get good, when they become a legitimate contender again, which I peg around 2025, um, will they want to go with a more experienced manager? Um, who knows at that point? Who knows if Ben will still be the GM? Who knows if Bob Nutty will still own the team? Mm -hmm. Although I think the unfortunate answer is yes, he will. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think we really, you know, starting out your career with a 60-game season in a pandemic with a team that's just flat-out bad, boy, you know, God bless Sheldon <laughs> for yeah. taking that on, yeah. you know? So I don't really I don't know if we know exactly what he can be yet, and I, I think he'll be growing into the gig as much as the team is growing around him. Sometimes that can work out really well because yeah. the team and the manager they they mesh you know in terms of their thinking, they mesh in terms of their approach and and, and attitude. But sometimes uh, I think we saw this again with Clint at the end. Um, you know, by the last couple of years in Pittsburgh, the team had totally tuned out the manager right. and, and, they, and they were running the clubhouse for better or, or mostly worse um, we'll see how that goes with Derek um, you know because you figure a guy like Clint had been around you know 10, 15, 20 years um, Sheltie doesn't have that resume and he wasn't a big league player although he did play in the minors and he has coached for a long time in the minors and, and was a bench coach in the majors but um, yeah so we'll see what kind of cachet that will buy him I think um, 
it will be yeah it'll be fascinating to see how that plays that's a great question steve that's one that doesn't get asked enough and i i think that's the story i'm going to have to write now and i'll give you a i'll send you a check for a couple bucks <laughs> there you go <laughs> you know, what's interesting by 2025 you will be a more experienced manager so <laughs> yeah <laughs> true true yeah so i mean hey. it, yeah like I said, the odds are good that it works out in that regard but you, you, you never know you never know i want to get you back on the show here um, shortly because I want to talk not about the Pirates but big picture about where the quote the game is right now mm. because yeah. you know we've had another no hitter um, now of course it's Seattle so I mean you can no hit Seattle <laughs> obviously I mean Babe Ruth team could no hit Seattle but you know with all the strikeouts with all the shifts I want to get your thoughts on what you're seeing What's talked about in the press box among people? What do the players say? What do your contacts say about how the game is being played today? So that's, you know, I'd love to talk to you about that. And I think the audience would love to hear what you had to say about it. Pro and con. I mean, there are a lot of really good things going on. There are also some things that aren't, so... Yeah, I think the Pirates might be petitioning to join the uh, the American League West if they can <laughs> to get as much of the uh, the Angels and, and Mariners as they can over these next couple of yes, years. Yes, yes, especially only short of that. Yeah, yeah. especially Trout now out. All right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. How about that? Yeah, I feel I feel bad for Shohei Otani, who you know is just like the Babe Ruth of the, of the league right now, and oh, he's God. playing on a crappy team. So. I know. Yeah. No, it's it's. Well, it's interesting because I, I was watching the Red Sox-Angels game the other day, and the Red Sox have them. And mm-hmm. Trout, you talk about Brubaker, Trout dumped one of those hits in the right field, the opposite way, against the shift oh, that yeah. fell between three guys, and Otani then hit it around the pesky pole. So it's like, <laughs> hey, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works sometimes. It's a funny game. It's know? a funny yeah, game. That's, uh, oh, man. Rob, thanks so much. I appreciate you as always. You know that, my friend. Oh, no problem, Steve. Anytime. And, hey, if anybody's listening, I, I foolishly decided to uh, – I assumed that, that Michigan was going to be white out, and I set up my hotel for Michigan. And now it looks like I'm thinking it's going to have to be Auburn. And I just don't want to drive over the mountains at 3 o'clock in the morning. So All, all I know is – okay, A, we don't know what's going to happen, but B, you've got whiteouts and stripeouts. These, uh, you know, so you get, you know, yeah. it's a couple different things. So we'll we'll see what they want to do with it. But I think the first thing they have to tell us is what the number is. And then after that, yeah, we don't worry yeah. about that part. Yeah, yeah. I just want to be able to show those folks in the SEC how we do football in the Big Ten. You got, you got that right. You know, and, <laughs> hey, stop by, see Jack and me before before the game. All right, we'll do. Yeah, always always treat. Thanks, man. Appreciate Th- it. Hey, thanks, Rob. Sure. Take care, guys. Rob Beer Temple, The Athletic. Interesting to have a conversation where there just wasn't a lot of hate and complaints. All right, we'll come back. And that's impressive but, considering in the team he's covering. <laughs> oh, no, I think after a while, sometimes you're around a team like that. That's true. You know, you're numb to it. Your sense, your sense of humor is intact, and guess what? You are numb to it. All right, back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all 
applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 